Bob Ewell, Hecate, and Atticus Finch, Archetypes for Racism in the South. The characters in To Kill a Mockingbird are essentially microcosms of the different levels of racism that the South struggled with throughout the early 1900s and continues to struggle with today. Bob Ewell is a poor white man living on the outskirts of Maycomb. He represents the blatant and widespread racism that was so common throughout the 20th century. He's the manifestation of the hate and dehumanization many societies gave to black people during the time period. Hecate is the sheriff of Macomb County. He is a representation of the subtle racism that many in society unknowingly contribute to. He displays the kind of racism that avoids the impacts of race-based judgment, is apathetic, and is unwilling to fight to end racism. Atticus Finch is a father and one of the main protagonists in the book. He exemplifies a sort of anti-racism. He doesn't care about skin color or racial background. He sees people as human beings. He is willing to defend a black man when he is accused of a horrible crime. Atticus is willing to get threatened and attacked for the sake of a man he hardly knows. Throughout the South during the 20th century, there was a significant segment of society that contributed to and perpetuated the blatant racism of the day. Bob Ewell exemplifies this egregious, structural, and uncaring racism in the Deep South. He believes that black people are not even people, and that they do not have any intelligent thought or reason. He knows that he is socially lower than most in Maycomb, but he takes comfort in the racism that puts him above black people. When he accused Tom Robinson, a black man, of sexually assaulting his daughter Mayella, he was smugly confident that he would win the ensuing court case. During his cross-examination by Atticus Finch, he acts proud and unworried. On page 179, the book reads, The little man seemed to have forgotten his previous humiliation from the bench. It was becoming evident that he thought Atticus an easy match. He seemed to grow ruddy again, his chest swelled, and once more he was a red little rooster. He was confident that his fellow Southerners would agree with his belief that black people were always in the wrong. The fact that he could have this confidence lends credence to the idea of structural racism among most Southern folk during the early 1900s. Much of the reason Bob Ewell is so blatantly racist is likely his insecurities. He leads a family that is not very well off, poor, and dysfunctional. The thought that many black people have similar, if not better, lives and social standings brings him great insecurity. He tries to make up for those similarities with extreme racism and bullying. During the trial of Tom Robinson, Tom shows sympathy for Mayla Yule, saying he feels sorry for her. On page 201, it says, Yes, sir, I felt right sorry for her. She seemed to try more than the rest of them. Bob Yule, along with most of the white spectators in the courtroom, took offense to that statement. Again, on 201, it says, The witness realized his mistake and shifted uncomfortably in the chair but the damage was done. Below us, nobody liked Tom Robinson's answer. Ewell didn't like that Robinson, a black person who was snubbed by white society, could possibly feel that the Ewell family was lower than him and deserved his sorrow. He felt condescended upon by someone who, in his mind, was one of the lowest of the low. In the real world, this blatant racism was very common during the early 1900s and still exists today. In the beginning of the 1920s, the District of Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was a thriving black community. According to the Brookings Institution, it had a, quote, robust local black economy with money circulating between black residents, black banks, and black businesses.
This prosperity made surrounding white communities feel threatened and jealous, similar to what Bob Ewell and much of his fellow white Southerners felt. The tension between the societies eventually exploded in a massive riot and massacre fueled by race-based hatred. The event started similarly to the trial of Tom Robinson in To Kill a Mockingbird. A black teenager named Dick Rowland was accused of sexually assaulting a young white woman named Sarah Page. White communities were furious and newspapers further fueled the flames. The Tulsa Tribune used terms including attacked and assault. These accusations led to days of fires and riots against the African-American community in Tulsa. Bob Ewell represents many of the participants in that brutal event, the people that put black people below them and refused to allow them any freedoms or goodness. While there were many like Bob Ewell who were blatantly racist, there were also many in the societies of the time who may not have been so overt about it, but could have nonetheless contributed to the ongoing structural racism through their actions or lack thereof. Heck Tate, Sheriff of Maycomb County, represents this type of person. He may not be like Bob Ewell, who openly despises black people and hates them deeply, but he doesn't seem to want to do anything about the racism that pushes those beliefs. Heck Tate lets other people do the hard work in fighting racism for him. Whether it is out of fear of losing respect, pure indifference, or out of a deeper, more subtle, internalized racism, he does not feel that it is his job to confront it. Instead, he frequently hands the job off to people like Atticus Finch. When a sick dog named Tim Johnson scared the townspeople, instead of taking the shot to kill the dog himself, Heck handed the gun to Atticus. The dog represented the racism that Maycomb was struggling with. The residents wanted him to go away, but they did not feel willing or that they could do anything about it. They called Hectate, but even he was not willing to deal with the dog. He made Atticus, who represents someone willing to fight against the racism he sees, shoot the dog instead of just doing it himself. Hectate does not necessarily seem to act racist. In fact, before Tom Robinson's trial, Heck raised concerns over Tom's safety in the courthouse, which they had taken him to for the night before the trial. On page 146, the book says, Moving him to the county jail tomorrow, Mr. Tate was saying. I don't look for any trouble, but I can't guarantee there won't be any. On the contrary, during the book's court case, he did not necessarily choose a well-defined side, but he chose to believe the story of Mayella and Bob Yule without having proper evidence. On page 169, the book states, Asked her if he beat her like that, she said yes he had. Asked her if he took advantage of her, and she said yes he did. So I went down to Robinson's house and brought him back. She identified him as the one, so I took him in. That's all there was to it. He believed Mayella's story even though there was no true evidence that the criminal was Tom Robinson. He did not stop to think about the possibility that she could have been mistaken in who did it or could have been knowingly lying in order to cover up other embarrassment or guilt. Blaming a black person could be considered the easy way out, and Heck didn't question it. Like Heck, many people are indifferent to the racism surrounding them. He represents many people who see racism and at the surface level appear to dislike it, but don't feel strongly enough about it to fight it. They indirectly contribute to racism by not standing against it. A modern day example of this could be the statues, flags, and songs that trace their roots to race people, places, and ideas. Statues and memorials of Confederate figures throughout the South could, until recently, be seen all over. 
The ideas they represented were of hate and racism, but many people either didn't care or chose not to do anything about it. They may have disagreed with the messages that the statues gave, but they didn't feel strongly enough to take action. For example, until just this year, the flag of Mississippi was blatantly similar to the Confederate flag of the Civil War. The upper left corner of the flag was essentially the same exact design as the Confederate flag from the Civil War. It took until 2021 for people to change the design to be less like the Confederate flag. Atticus Finch is represented as a great person throughout To Kill a Mockingbird, both in his parenting and his eventual fight for Tom Robinson. At the surface level, he is the opposite of Bob Yule's blatant extreme racism. When he took the case to protect Tom Robinson, he showed that he did not stereotype people based on the color of their skin. He showed dedication when he stayed at the courthouse to keep Tom safe. Even when other people threatened him, spit on him, and tried to frighten him in all manners, he still defended Robinson. On the other hand, Atticus is not necessarily the pinnacle of this apparent anti-racism. While he did defend Tom Robinson throughout the trial, he did not pick up the case on his own accord. He only took it when the judge asked him to. He was not necessarily actively seeking to destroy racism. He just took the opportunity that fell into his lap. During the scene in which he shoots the rabid dog, Tim Johnson, he did not want to shoot him. The dog represented the racism in Maycomb that most, if not all, were afraid to confront. He only unwillingly took the shot once Hectate essentially forced him to. With all that said, Atticus Finch is still a great representation of a person, a society, that doesn't see people based on skin color, but based on their deeds and individual decisions. The National Museum of African American History and Culture describes this anti-racism as being, quote, actively conscious about race and racism and taking actions to end racial inequities. In his closing arguments to the jury, Atticus passionately defended Tom Robinson. He fought the assumptions of the people like Bob Yule, who couldn't fathom a respectable black person, who believed that every African American was malevolent. He tags down the smug confidence that many of the white members of Maycomb society had. Through Atticus, the book condemns the division and pain throughout the South. On page 208, the book outlines Atticus's closing arguments. The witnesses for the state, with the exception of the sheriff of Maycomb County, have presented themselves to you gentlemen to this court in the cynical confidence that their testimony would not be doubted, confident that you gentlemen would go along with them on the assumption, the evil assumption, that all Negroes lie, that all Negroes are basically immoral beings, that all Negro men are not to be trusted around our woman, an assumption one associates with minds of their caliber. Which, gentlemen, we know is in itself a lie as black as Tom Robinson's skin. A lie I do not have to point out to you. You know the truth, and the truth is this. Some Negroes lie. Some Negroes are immoral. Some Negro men are not to be trusted around women, black or white. But this is a truth that applies to the human race and to no particular race of men. Unlike many in the Deep South, Atticus does not see people based solely on their skin color. He sees people as humans with individual decisions and responsibility for their actions. He pleaded with the jury to see things the same way. Though in the end, Tom Robinson lost the case, he was able to make the jury think about their pre-existing assumptions of black people. The jury's decision further contributed to the beliefs of most in the South and showed that Atticus Finch is a true contrast to them. The jury went with the popular opinion, but Atticus stuck to his morals. 
To Kill a Mockingbird's Bob Ewell, Hecate, and Atticus Finch are three very different people who represent three very different societies. Bob Ewell represents uncaring, egregious racism. He represents hatred towards black people and judgment based on nothing but the pigmentation of skin. Hecate is a more subtle representation of racism. He isn't as blatant as Ewell, but he does have some flaws. He doesn't step up and fight racism when it is presented in Maycomb. He lets other people, like Atticus Finch, do that hard work for him. Atticus fights racism and is willing to stand up to it. He refuses to back down and allow the majority of society to keep contributing to the race-based hatred already tearing apart the South. Together, these three are a commentary on the South and the racism it contended with and continues to struggle with.